What makes you good at this? So it's a combination of things and it's certainly nothing that nobody else could achieve, right? Because I'm so special. The way I applied myself to it was special. It took me 34 years to build a 10 out of 10 life for myself. No lack involved, no genetics, no nothing. I built a 10 out of 10 life for myself because I wanted to have a 10 out of 10 life. As my level of experience would go up, the value I felt I could add would go up. Starting at 20 pounds per session, I kept doubling and doubling and doubling. And I'm not done doubling, by the way. You're not done doubling. I'm far from being done. Okay. I forgot to add um, (laughs) non-fire modesty as well, yeah? I'm joined today by Michael Sowa. I don't pronounce it Sowa, it's Sowa, Polish name, who is one of the UK's leading life coaches. Now, I want to talk about what makes a good life coach and what makes you one of the best ones. But before that, the reason I wanted to get you in the studio today was I read a quote of yours which really drew me in. And I'll try and get it right. It's saying that therapy gets people from dysfunctional to functional, but life coaching gets people from functional to exceptional. Mm-hmm. This is more or less what it was. And this drew me, and I think a lot of us, and I've, de- I've definitely made this mistake, is you spend too much of your life thinking about functional. You know, and if you go to the doctor, it's, is this person going to die? Are they functional or not? But this is, a, this, from what, from, from what it sounds like, this is a whole different thing. Is, did I get the quote more or less right? Yeah, absolutely. That's one way in which I tend to explain the difference between therapy and coaching. I don't blame people for perceiving life coaching as a form of therapy. When you think about the visual side of things, you have two people sitting in front of each other on a regular basis having a conversation, right? So it looks like it's a similar thing. And in a nutshell, the main objective is the same, which is to help the patient, if we're talking about therapists, and the client, if we're talking about coaching. But exactly as you as you, as you you quoted me there, the difference is people who seek out therapists, they are facing a form of dysfunction in their life, and they need to address that in order to be functional, whereas people who come to us coaches are already at a functional level in their lives. And more particularly, people who come to me are often highly functional already. They are the kind of people that most people will be surprised to see going to seek out a coach because on a surface level, they have everything figured out. Right? They're not your obvious type of person that you would think of as someone who needs a coach. You see, the people I work with are not people who need coaching. I work, I work with people who want coaching. There's a big difference. Is there some crossover, though? Because you must have people that it's not like you get to a certain point in your life and everything dysfunctional goes away. And, you know, I guess when we're talking about high net worths and, and particularly with famous people, yeah. it's well known that they have problems, too. Sure. So, I'm guessing you're seeing people, maybe they want to be exceptional, but they must also have a bit of dysfunction thrown in. Sometimes, yes, well. and sometimes people have a therapist and a coach, right? And there's, there's, no, there's no clash. They can work together. Those two disciplines, if you will, can work together side by side. But when I think about my clients today, there's very little dysfunction. Some of them have done therapy already. The ones that had reasons to seek out a therapist have already done it most of them and now they're just ready to go from a very good place that they already found themselves in to that exceptional place whatever that means to them what makes you good at this there isn't one thing there is a a number of things on the most basic level it's a combination of something that i always had which is good set of people skills 
being generally, from a young age, being generally likable and trustworthy person, right? People pay me a lot of money up front for the process. They don't understand most of the time. My clients don't come in educated about what coaching is, what's the difference between therapy and coaching, and they hardly have a previous experience of coaching, right? So it's all about having that initial consultation. They do some research first, right? They go through my website and you can spend hours and hours and hours, as you know, finding things about me, listening to interviews, reading my book and things like that, right? But ultimately, it boils down to having an initial consultation, which can last two hours, three hours, four hours, uh, the longest uh, lasted almost six hours, and I don't charge for it. This is my opportunity to determine whether this is the person I would like to work with. And equally, this is the opportunity for, the, for the opportunity for this person to determine whether I'm the coach they would like to work with. So that's number one. And if we're talking about chemistry, then if you're not a likable, I'm not saying that everybody likes me apart from it, right? But more people like me than don't like me, right? Which is very important if you want to be a successful coach, because unless people like you, you can be the best at what you do, but people don't like you, they will not want to work with you. They will not want to be around you, right? So you got to be likable, you got to be trustworthy in my profession, in a profession like that. So it's not something I had to work on, it's something I've always had. So people's skills and being likable, trustworthy, right? And then, coming back to your original question, then obviously that's not enough. Like, oh, you know, people like me. People tend to like me, I'm going to be a great coach. Obviously that's not enough. That's just like a basic, basic uh, you know, starting point. So ever since I started in October 2011, I woke up every day and I went to sleep every night asking myself, who do I need to become? What do I need to do in order to be the best at what I do? Right? So having that mindset in itself is going to make you show up in a particular way. You're going to make decisions which might be different to the decisions that other coaches make if we're talking about different coaches. And sure enough, if you do it for a year, two years, five years, 10 years, you're going to become very good at it, right? Because you're going to show up in a certain way that will then further allow you to get a lot of clients. And then that will further allow you to become very masterful at what you do, because now you have this experience of 10,000 hours of coaching in my case, over 10,000 hours by now, right? So it's a combination of things, and it's certainly nothing that nobody else could achieve, right? Because I'm so special, and I was born special, and, and, and I see myself as special. The way I applied myself to it was special, as I was explaining, you know, having that obsessiveness that I always had about me, and applying that obsessiveness to, to the way I showed up as a coach from day one, pretty much, right? And then... Another thing that, and that's very important because you see, coaching is the easy part. People who are good with people, who are likable and trustworthy, and there's plenty of coaches like that out there, they quickly find out that coaching is the easy part. It's the business of coaching that's the difficult part. You know, when you ask a coach to coach, they're like, oh, you know, where, where, where shall I start? You know, like, you know, give me a client, are we happy to coach them? When you ask them, however, to market themselves, to think about the personal brand, to think about, uh, you know, how to sell the coaching services, that's a very different story, right? And they will say things like, oh, I'm not a salesman. Uh, you know, I'm, marketing is not something I'm interested in. I just want to coach, right? And obviously, unless you market yourself, no matter what you do, unless you market yourself in the right way, 
and you are able to sell whatever your product is, you will not have customers, you will not have clients, you will not have business, you will not have to go back to your job, whatever your job was before you started your business. So talking about how people market themselves, we should have a look on your, your website, michaelserwer.com. The, the, it comes up in the URL, Michael Sower, no nonsense. That's mm -hmm. the first thing you see. The only reason it's uh, no nonsense because Google doesn't like the word bullshit. It used oh. to be bullshit. Oh, no bullshit no. for no many bullshit. years. Well, well that, this is your book that you've just handed me, which I've yeah. not read because it's hot off the press in my hands. From good to amazing, which goes back to the quote, your quote I made about... Functional to exceptional. Functional to exceptional, thank you. And in between, it's no bullshit tips for the life you always wanted. Yes, I think this is, this is as far as the proof goes, um, how my publisher is far less of a pussy than Google. Right, so they don't like, they don't like the swearing on Google. But you should see enough, I, I was the no bullshit coach on Google for many, many years, and only last year they flagged it up and we had to change it to, when I say we, I have like this tech guy who deals with those things for me. And we had to like soften it a little bit. So it's not, it's oh, not so rich. It's fresh. So yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, Google so, used to so, allow bullshit yeah, and now it doesn't. Yeah. Wow. In advertising, in, 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 in general description and all of that, you know. So this is not me. I just want to make it clear. This is not me getting old, losing the edge. <laughs> this is so you Google. Have, yeah, you yeah. haven't changed yourself. No. But there is something puritanical about the tech people, you know, the things you can and can't say and do. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a bit, it's, you know, like, uh, it, I have nothing against Google. And, and, and as a matter of fact, I've been um, heavily relying on Google advertising for, for the whole of my career, you know. So I'm very thankful to Google for, for their existence. Uh, and, and it's 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 definitely a great way to because you know when you think about it, if you're looking for a coach, so as as you know, women in general are much better when it comes to talking about the feelings, sharing with the girlfriends or people in general what the problems might be, challenges they might face. Right? We are a little bit, I say, uh, we like to keep things for ourselves because we, we've been taught, especially in Eastern Europe where I'm from, that if you are a man, just suck it up, right? Don't complain, solve your own problems, right? So then if that's the case... So we're backward as men. Yeah, are yeah. Uh, Women are so much more sophisticated when yeah. it comes to that. Yeah, so yeah. much more evolved and, and, and uh, open-minded, right? So so what I'm going with this, so if you, if you are a man, especially a successful man, especially, right? And you have a problem that I could help you solve... How are you going to find me if you're not going to talk to your friends about that problem in your fucking golf club and your friend won't be able to tell you that he's already working with me or someone like me, right? Given that that friend would want to share that information. So how do you go about finding a coach? Well, you Google it, right? And that's how people find me, typically, whether it's through SEO so like natural listing on Google or, or, or paid advertising or some article about me or interview with me. That's how most people have always found me. We're obviously doing something right because it made me, made me laugh on your website. Have you, have you seen the film Roadhouse? Do you remember the Patrick Swayze film? There's a bit at the beginning where he, he's like the best bouncer in the business and this guy wants to work with him and he lays down... He lays down the rules. This is what you have to do. You pay me this much up front. These are my these are these are my these are my um, these are my yeah. conditions. And it's this kind of it's this kind of fa fantasy. If you're the best in the business, you can lay down the terms. Yeah. And it's a bit like that your website because it sounds very much like you you decide who you work with and and if you if you want to work with these people, they have to pay 
an amount up front. So it sounds like whatever you've been doing, you've been yeah. doing it right because you presumably in a position where you you can sort of pick and choose your clients. Is that way? Absolutely. You... But to be fair, it, it's not. I don't want to make it sound like oh, I'm choosing my clients and that's it. End end of the sentence. I choose my clients, but they also choose me. So it's 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 a mutual thing. It's like it's like dating. It's not like you can go on a date and say, "Hey, I like you. You're gonna be my girlfriend." Like you know, she, you, you know, ideally, this is not. We don't live in a cave anymore, right? So like, ideally, it has to be like mutual. And is it a bit? To interrupt, is it a bit like that? Because you talked about these five six hour consultations you have. Yeah. Presumably, if it gets to that stage, several hours there must be some you must be getting on okay otherwise you wouldn't go on that long sure but you'll be surprised that the longest consultation i had five hours 47 minutes he never became a client really i had a great time though so i have no complaints who, who didn't like the other one is it was it was it mutual or did one of you no it was you see so in in my case um given my fees especially over the last few years when the chemistry is there, and yeah, sure enough, I wouldn't spend five hours or six hours with someone if the chemistry wasn't there, right? It's like, you know, I have better things to do than just like suffering there for so many hours in the presence of someone I don't enjoy spending time with. But obviously chemistry wasn't a problem uh, in this particular case, uh, given the amount of time we spent together was down to money. And, and that's the number, without a doubt, that's the number one reason why people I have consultations with do not become clients most of the time right so most don't is that yeah. is that the way yes. it goes yeah no no it's it's okay. and it's and it's and it's and it's always been like that it's 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 30 percent people who say yes uh, always say yes to each other and and around 70 70 percent that say no and and that's very much part of my business model if you will because if i was to work with 100 percent of the people i have initial consultations with I wouldn't be able to physically fit them into my schedule. Just to give you an idea, last year alone, I had 60, 60 initial consultations. I work with one person a day. That's it. I see one client a day. I have capacity to work with around 10 people at any given time. If 60 of those people from last year said yes, how? So I need around 70% of people I meet to say no or for me to say no to them or for, for them not to be able to afford it, want to afford it, whatever, because I physically don't have the time to work with all of them, you know. But at the same time, I'm glad that I have access to such a big pool of people because then I can make sure that the people I do end up working with, we are really good for each other. When you move in social circles now and you have that what-do-you-do question mm. and you say you're a life coach, what's the general reaction these days? So... I feel like now, relative to when I first started, 2011, 2012, there is more understanding around what it is. I mean, yeah, it's a decade, right? Um, so, actually, most people, when I say that to, unless unless they're really young, they 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 understand it. There's there's always a reaction. Nobody ever goes like, oh, okay, cool. There's always a reaction, and typically the reaction is, oh, that's interesting. How did you get into it? 
what does it mean exactly? And depending on my mood, I sometimes say to people that I've retired from answering those questions because I've answered those questions so many fucking times, right? This one time I, I, I had a like driver picking me up and what do you do? And I said, like, oh, I'm a life coach. Oh, doesn't you know, listen, I'm not I don't want to talk about it. And then and I was like <laughs> and rude. I and I instant I, I instantly felt bad, you know, because it was such a diva diva like response you know probably he thought I was like drug dealer or something right and I was like I don't want to talk about it you know but it was a bit rude on my side I just didn't feel like just take me from my place to wherever I was going I didn't want to have this conversation as much as I love what I do and I love talking about what I do but how did you get into coaching what does it mean exactly like I said I've answered this question these questions at least 100 times I suppose, yeah, I suppose it's And after same. a decade, it's like, I just, just fucking Google it, you know? Just, <laughs> just, just Google my, here's my name, just Google my name or I Google Life Coaching. Yeah, I suppose we, none of us want to be grumpy when we get asked questions, but it's like if you've broken your leg and you're on crutches, do you really want to have that same conversation? Yes, yeah, so the first three times, five meet. times. Yeah, sure, but yeah. after a while, it's like, just shut the fuck up. And I did up. it and I was in, a, and I was getting a taxi to work, uh, taxi to work at yeah. the time, so every time you have to have the conversation yeah. <laughs> you have to have the conversation and now if you had a good story that's one thing well, but if you, it was just like the most boring I fell I fell down the stairs yeah so you start making stuff up yeah because if it was like times. you know there was five of them and they attacked me and I was like you know but that's and a kung fu the fifth and I, one yeah and I broke my shot. leg on, on exactly. somebody's head that's a good story but if you just like fell on on, on your floor in the living room it's like hardly a good story yeah so, so I suppose being asked questions you don't want to answer that's not that's not exclusive to being a life coach. This can happen. Yeah, with anyone. No, I have this. You're a journalist. Yes, Who do you write for? No, it's just, it's just like, uh, how did you get into it? And like, oh, it was a calling. It's like, yeah, and and really, like, when it comes to the coaching itself, when you, when it comes to like, you could ask my dates. The only thing I fucking talk about is my work and my clients. So it's not like after ten years, I'm sick and tired of talking about it. It's just, it's just asking this particular question. You know, how did you get into it? What made you to become a coach? And and all of that. And obviously, I know the answer to this question, and I'm happy to answer it here, right? But it's like when when a a a, a driver you know, that you've met for the first time and probably you'll never see in your life again, wants to have this conversation and I'm just like thinking about something else, I'm going somewhere, I'm on my, like, just no. But this makes me think, this, this is maybe we're, whilst having this slight moan about these these things everyone has to go through in life, maybe it's, it's, it's maybe think of something else that you said in another interview about, and this might be, this might be kind of one of the things that life coaching is for because it sounds like, you're having conversations, the non-bullshit conversations that perhaps people feel they can have with you because you're there to do that, right? So then, and they're not having to go through the sort of social night. You know, you're there for a reason, and I guess you get friendly with these people, but also, yeah. you you know, you're, you're you're being paid, and and they might you know, they might be having conversations with you that they struggle to have with other people because you know whoever they are, they're gonna everyone's gonna be asking them the same sort of normal questions people do when you put in front of them. And I guess when they're with you, it's a kind of sanctuary where they can think, okay, what do I actually want to talk about? I can drop and, all the shit on this guy. He's getting paid for it. Yeah. So he, he, he asked for it. So I'm like, bring it on, bring it on. So for me, you know, asking questions, listening to those stories, no issue at all. I mean, it's my job and, and, and to say that I don't mind it would be an understatement. I, I, I enjoy it. I genuinely enjoy it. It's, yeah, it's answering the same questions. It's the same questions by strength. So 
in, in this context, in an interview like this, that's a different story, right? Because like I'm motivated to, like I, you know, I'm, I'm motivated in general to, to spread the awareness of what coaching is, to, to help people understand the difference between therapy and coaching. I'm very passionate about that. But this is, this is a way of doing it in an efficient way because more than one person is going to listen to this. If it's just me one by one and the networking event, like I avoid networking events and one of the reasons I fucking avoid them is because, like I said before, nobody leaves with no reaction when I tell them what I do. It's not but like when you say, I'm some, a lawyer. Okay, what about you? I'm a doctor. What about you? No, it's like, oh, a life coach. I, do, I just remember being at a party once with this bloke and, you know, they're doing that round the table and it was a very sort of stiff dinner party uh -huh. and what do you do? And this guy just went, I work in finance and, it's, and my job's really boring. I don't want to talk can about we it. Just, can we just move yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Can we just move on to the next person? Yeah. And I thought that was good because at least he didn't want to, he didn't want to talk about it. So he just, he just, he just passed it on. He just yeah. passed it on to the next person. I remember this is, this is again, not my proudest moment, but like she kind of asked for it. So I was at like a dinner party organized by one of my former clients and there was this young woman she was she must have been i don't know 30 years old that was quite recently so i was already like dominating in my field in the in the uk if dominating you know, right? in Domin your field. Already, nice. like, we'll move on. i, I want to hear about your, i was really fucking killing it right that's what i'm trying we'll move, to say we'll move on to your no, modest approach to exactly like, I'm, I'm known after, for, after you've told this I, anecdote i forgot to add that i'm known for your modesty as well yeah <laughs> It, it's so 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 um um so it, it, it was kind of funny and 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 silly at this so so oh what do you do i'm a life coach like oh and she said oh my 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 father my father is a life coach like and you know i'm 39 that was like a few years ago i'm 39 but i know i don't i don't look 39 so i look even younger that's what i've been told um so you know i said i'm a life coach and she she must have assumed that her father must be more senior than me because he's older and he's been doing it for longer. And I know that there's no life coach that's more senior than me in the UK. I know it for a fact, right? And that's been the case for the last six years already. Like, I know my industry. Uh, and it's not like lawyers that you have, like, thousands and thousands of lawyers. There's, 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 there's literally 10, 20 coaches that, that are doing really well and everybody else is struggling. Like, I know my industry, like I said, right? And uh, I don't remember how I put it, but I said something along the lines of, and I wasn't in a bad mood or anything like that. I was drinking fucking champagne. I was, I was in a great mood, but I was like, uh, listen, because uh, she basically offered, you know, she said, oh, maybe like my dad could like help you out or something like that. And, I, man, and I remember how, man, my dad. Yeah, man, yeah. And I, I, I remember how I, I don't remember how I put it exactly, but I said, listen, uh, you know, I, to the best of my knowledge, I'm the highest paid personal coach in the country so maybe uh maybe i could help him out it, right and it was just like it got a bit awkward there for her and she was just like oh shit because like she made an assumption that just because i'm younger than her dad uh surely i must be more you junior could, you uh, could have let you could have let her have that you know this is a dad you know you've had to yeah, You've had to go. if I wasn't an asshole, yeah, probably I would, exactly. but because if you, I am, if, you were a nice yeah. if I was genuinely a nice person, <laughs> as I as I advertise myself <laughs> yeah. to be, previously, you pretend to be on the internet. Yeah, but I just couldn't. I was just like, oh, and I think it was it was it was it was a while ago, but like it, it wasn't so much what she said, 
is how she said it. Okay, it was, so it, she, she, it was she, bit, she was trying bit, to put you down. Yeah, it was so a bit got, okay, I, I, I picked up on a little bit of a condescending tone. Fair you know, enough. Then. And I had to punish her for that. Fair you know, enough. It's just, yeah, okay. it's, just, it's just my fucking nature. Fair, you know? fair, and I don't apologise for it. Oh, well, let, let's, let's expand upon your modesty a little bit then. Because the, the, the magazine article I read, and it's a, I read it recently, but it's, it's, a, it's old. Um, and I don't know if this was true at the time, was true now, but you... You were saying you were the high. You couldn't say you were the best because that's not tangible, but you could say you were the highest paid because that that is that's tangible. And I guess this is the this is a business. Like you hesitated earlier when describing yourself as likable. You're Polish, right? And I'm I'm British, and I think we probably we probably have more of a problem with this than you. This no kind shit. of you know, like don't want to <laughs> don't want to big myself up. To, not everyone, but a lot sure. of people have it. Of course, to yeah. a fault. So to describe yourself as likable, you'd feel a bit. It's difficult, sure. but you've obviously made this decision. It's not. It's not something you can be a shrinking violet. It's something no. you can be all modest about. You have to put yourself no, out I there. Can, I'm, I'm, but but the thing is, I can, I can just as comfortably talk about things I'm not good at, and the list is almost as long as the things I'm good at, if not longer. In the context of we were, what we were saying before, I was just saying, hey, if I wasn't likable and trustworthy, there's no fucking way I could be a successful life coach. It's as simple as that, right? And I also said that that doesn't mean that everybody likes me. I know for a fact that some people don't like me and sometimes they don't like me just because I'm successful, right? And that's a common thing for some people with... Uh, not people who are necessarily broke, because I used to be broke most of my life, but people who who are poor in terms of mentality, right? And, and, and because the mentality is poor, when they see somebody who is successful, by default, they don't like them just because they're successful, right? So... Um, that's the way of looking at things. You know, they can do whatever the fuck they want. Obviously, it's their choice. But um, for any reasonable person to judge someone, and here's the interesting, like on, on you know, sidetracking slightly. But like, I just thought about something. Like, I've never been in my life judged by being broke, and I was broke for the first thirty years of my life. I have been, however, judged for being successful, which is quite interesting. By people who are obviously you, you see, you'll never see a successful person criticizing a successful person. It's 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 usually the people who are struggling that will have a problem with someone who is doing well. Like successful people, we 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 are busy being successful. I'm fucking busy being successful and helping other successful people become even more successful. To be picking on things and other people and take my time. And, and, and focus my energy on criticizing. So, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to criticize, uh, you know, the obvious suspects, the Putins and the Trumps of this world because they're fucking out of their fucking minds. Are, you, are we steering, yeah. into, steering into global politics? Yeah. Strongly. <laughs> that, yeah. Why not? That could be another uh, podcast altogether. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Putin don't get me Don't get me started on those guys. But, uh, um, um, yeah, the, the, the modesty, not interested in that. Uh, and, 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 you know, because you said, you know, Polish... Uh, British, yeah. The modesty is not something that Eastern Europeans are known for. We're not known for modesty. We 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 known for our directness, especially the Russians, right? I'm Polish, not Russian, obviously. But in terms of my psychological makeup, I'm closer to Russians than I am to people from Western Europe, right? It's it's, it's like my DNA, my psychological makeup, right? And interesting enough, I had British clients coming to me for the initial consultation, saying, "I want more of that." that bravado, that I don't give a shit what people think, that lack of modesty that you have, 
that I could pick up on, which is not hard, you saw my website, that I picked up on while reading your website. Asking to basically, asking for me to help them to become more like me in a sense of owning the strengths we, and, and being proud we, we of the need, things. We do they, need more. We do, as, as British... As a society. We, 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 as British, we do need more of this. Mm. We do need more. We need, to, we need people to sort of give less of a shit about other people's opinions when things don't really matter. And Rich, don't get me wrong. I have no problem with Polish people. I have no problem with Eastern European people. British people are my favorite. And I'm not saying that because you're British. I'm not fucking trying to date you. As attractive as you are, Thank and, you. you know, Appreciate I can it. see that you Appreciate work out it. and all of that, but uh, happen to be straight, you know, unfortunately, my options are limited to just one gender. Somebody asked me once, are you bisexual by any chance? And I said, I fucking wish I was. <laughs> just <to laughs> So I would have Open the twice as many options, more. especially that I live close to Soho. I mean, this would be a perfect, 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 perfect Unfortunately, oh, well. unfortunately, I need to stick to women, but I, they are great. So anyway, so... It, British so, people, wasn't it, before you started? Yeah, I love British people so much. Most of my clients have always been British. So is that... Maybe has, because we are based in London, I don't know. Maybe has, there's has a connection. That, seriously, has that kind of helping them de-British themselves been part of your yeah, business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a genuine... It, this is not something that, you know, what I described, it's not something that happened once or twice. It, it's like, I want more... My, Michael, I want more of that. Like, I'm too... I'm successful. I don't talk about my success enough. I sell myself short. Clearly, you don't do that. So, oh, yeah, I don't know how to. And, and you know, to the point, of, I love that about you guys. I had a client who would come in, and it wasn't the first time he came into my house, second time, fifth, sixth. Michael, is it okay for me to sit down? Mm. <laughs> I was like, get your fucking ass on this. <laughs> this is not the first time you're here, but it's that Britishness, which mm. can be funny to some people, or like unnecessary to some people. But then I'll have a, initial consultation with the Eastern European, I'm like, hey, fucking rude. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I'm so used to that British politeness and the manners. Uh, you know, I, I don't think one can be too well-mannered, but one can definitely be too rude. So I much prefer dealing with British people who have more manners or better manners than me than a Polish or Romanian guy who's so fucking rough around the edges. I'm like, and I'm Polish, right? And I'm direct. For yeah. me to say that someone is rough around the edges or too rough around the edges, that means that they are really fucking rough around the edges. A little bit too Polish, mate. Yeah, case, yeah, yeah, like straight from the boat. It's like, what, <laughs> straight, just like I was 17 years ago when I first came here, straight from the boat. No fucking manners. Because, you know, you need to understand that. And to this day, 17 years in this country, and I know that you need to say please and you need to say thank you. Because I spent the first 22 years of my life in Poland. And it's not that we don't have the words thank you and please in Polish language. Of course we do. We just don't use them. Because it's not part of the culture. Right? So I came here and I had to learn so to add please. So you have the words. So just to, you, you have the words. We, we just, just to be clear. You have the words. Yeah, they but you've exist. never used it. It's like no. you, it's like you, it's like you're capable of smiling. You just don't exactly. like to do it. Exactly. That often, it's you know? like it's special like, occasions. It's like in in Polish, I would say to you, "Pass me this pen," and you wouldn't think that that's rude. Whereas if I if I said to you, "Pass me this pen," you'd be like, "Jesus." Yeah. Like but, you would obviously say, "Fuck uh, off, man." Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yes. Rich, would you mind passing me that pen, yeah. please? Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But like in Poland, you would say, "Pass me that pen," and nobody would see that as rude, is because it's just not like. You could I, say either please. The, either, or you have to go, or, or in English, you have to go the other way and say, "Give me the pen, you twat." 
you know that's yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. Wanker, yeah, 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 yeah. Make it really rude. But yeah, you, got, you can't just say give me the pen because it's like yeah. And, and what, what I'll else? Be, I'll I'll be either like, call me a wanker, yeah, or say please, but don't. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. There's this one or the other. But so, 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 uh, yeah. British people are my favorite, and and then I, I have a thing for. Well, I have a thing. I like American people for the. So, so I was thinking about it the other day, and I concluded that I have uh, after 17 years here. I feel like I have a. Uh, you know, I'm. I became British at heart. I love London. I love this culture. I love, we're obviously in Soho. We recording this in Soho. Like, I love how two men can hold hands and kiss and dress with it, and nobody gives a fuck. You can't do that in Poland. It's dangerous to do that in Poland. And Poland is, it's still relatively progressive comparing to some other countries. As we know. And I love that, right? I'm as straight as they get, as they come. As I said before, it doesn't matter, but I love the fact that I live in a place where you can dress whatever the fuck you want to dress, you can believe in any god you want to believe in, you can have any fucking sexual orientation you 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 happen to have, and nobody gives a fuck, right? Yeah. You have and, left, and, you have and left, left London, along. have you? No, I'm talking about London. I'm talking about London. I'm talking, yeah, to yeah, be more... You, to forget, be, you forget living in London, you, and then you go to other places. Yeah, I, I heard that. You, I heard oh, that yeah. because I had a consultation. Cha- I think it's changing a lot, but it's... Yeah, so, so, yeah so, ima- so imagine like the whole Poland is like outside of London. Right, so that's the difference, mm-hmm. right? I remember, I re- but you're absolutely right because I had a consultation with a guy. I think it was he was from either Iraq or Afghanistan, and he was telling me about the amount of racism he experienced in some small town outside of. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I was so naive in my thinking that those things don't happen in this country, and that was one of those moments when I realized what you just said that it's not Britain necessarily as a whole that's so open-minded. It is open-minded but not as open-minded as London, especially central London, right? And obviously there will be there will be exceptions and all of that. But so, yeah, so what I was saying is after 17 years here, I feel like my heart became British. My soul remained Eastern European and my mind has always been American. You can do it, go for it. You can have anything you want, American dream, all of that, you know? And I and think that, that's and that, partially... And that's, the part that, and that's the part of the coaching that, that is difficult to sell to us because this kind of super positive thing. Yes. Because we like, you know, we like yeah. to be a bit, I mean, not to dwell too much on poor British people that we yeah. both love, but we do like to be a bit, oh, life's a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah. Because as, well as, yeah, yeah. yeah. as well as being the kind of too yeah. polite thing, we also got the like, it sort of like to, sure. say, to slag everything sure. off. But, but you see, I have this mindset that I was just described, this quote-unquote American mindset that I was just describing, but you saw my website. I don't have the American vibe because that's how I perceive the world, but I don't go around and say, hey, you can do it. You can have anything you want. Like I do it, but I do it in a more European way, if you will. I translate that American way of communicating that which would feel a bit bullshitty. And even to me, it, it feels a little bit bullshitty. A little bit like overly Californian, right? But definitely in terms of the very the very DNA of my mindset, if you will, my attitude towards life, if you will, I'm I'm very American in that sense, right? And definitely not Polish or Russian because you know, I love Polish people, but they're not the most you can have anything you put your mind into the kind of people. Far from it. Do you still see a life coach yourself? No. And the only reason for that is because the only person that I like enough and consider to be senior enough for me to work with is based in Arizona and he only does face-to-face coaching. 
If it wasn't for that, I would see him on a regular basis. I saw him twice. Too, too good for the Zoom, is he? Uh, exactly. Good. It, no, 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 no. You know, it, it's the only downside of reaching a certain level of seniority in my in my field is that you have other coaches coming to you for coaching and mentoring, but you don't really have anywhere to go, which is which is a shame because I had coaches in the past and I've benefited from it greatly, and I loved being on the, on the receiving end of coaching as well. But like I said, uh, I have nowhere to go in the UK in terms of seniority. I have nowhere to go. I, I, you know, I could get someone to listen to me, but like I, I have my girlfriends for it. They, they will fucking, and my mother, they will fucking listen to me for hours. So, you know, so, so it would but need to be the, someone senior enough to like just tell me to shut the fuck up. And there isn't anyone strong enough and senior enough to tell me to shut the fuck up, apart from this one guy in Arizona. Okay. And when you first were doing it, was because you're having to tell sort of help other people to run their lives better. Do you are you also looking at your own life and thinking shit, well, I can't be telling them to sort this out if I haven't sorted it out myself. So is the process of learning to help then also steering your own life in the right direction? Sure. So so okay, so coming back to one of the very first questions uh, you asked, definitely one of the things that was very helpful in my success as a coach was the fact that I was already in a very good place in my life when I became a coach. And it wasn't through luck. It wasn't through genetics. It was through the fact that I was already into personal development as a field for around five years before I became a coach. So my life wasn't 10 out of, my life wasn't 10 out of 10 yet when I became a coach at the age of 28, but it was, let's say, 8 out of 10 right? Which is a very good starting point. Also bear in mind that when I first started, I wasn't charging nowhere near what I'm charging right now. I was charging 20 pounds per session. And I can assure you that even though I didn't know what the fuck I was doing with my first clients, right? They were still getting the value for money, right? I was in a good place. My life was good. It wasn't great. It took me another few years to make it great. It took me 34 years to, to build a 10 out of 10 life for myself. I would only say that my life has been a 10 out of 10 for the last five years. And again, no luck involved, no genetics, no nothing. I've, I've, I've built a 10 out of 10 life for myself because I wanted to have a 10 out of 10 life. So I made a decision. I want a great life for myself. I identified what are the things I need for my life to be 10 out of 10, understanding that 10 out of 10 for me can be very different than 10 out of 10 for you or somebody else, right? So it's not like, oh, it has to be a fucking Rolex, a Ferrari, a penthouse in Mayfair. And for some people, it's going to be a spiritual enlightenment. For some people, it's going to be a wife and, and five kids. And for somebody else, it's going to be something, you know. So, so I needed the time. I needed life experience. I needed to try a whole bunch of different things to understand what is it that I need to build a 10 out of 10 life for myself. And like I said, it took me 34 years to figure all of this out. So... There was a shift, because like I said, when I first started, I was in a good place, so let's say 7, 8 out of 10 life, which was enough to justify charging what I was charging at the time. But then you see, if my life was, quote-unquote, only at that level right now, the people or the caliber of people I work with right now, that wouldn't be good enough for them, because they often have a 7 out of 10 life already when they come to me. And is this is this giving marks out of 10? Is this part of the process? Because... You know, are you looking at this person when you have your initial consultations and asking them how many marks out of 10 they give various aspects yes, of Yes, but life? that's different. No, so I was just talking about this in general terms, how over the last five years, without a question, 
I would need to score my life, the life I built for myself at 10 out of 10. What you're referring to is something I do during the initial consultations where I ask people to score themselves out of 10 on 25 different areas, right? There isn't a question like, how would you score your life as a whole? So you break it down. Yeah, so we look at everything, love life, career, finance, motivation, confidence, general happiness is the last. Uh, so, so I want to score my happiness at 10 out of 10, right? Sometimes I feel at 10 out of 10, you know, after a good bottle of wine, I feel fucking 11 out of 10, right? But sometimes I feel at 6 out of 10 on the happiness level. But even when I have one of those off days, the days when I don't feel at my best, the days I don't feel particularly motivated, the days when I feel sad, the days I feel lonely, the days I feel hungover, or all of the above, I can still look at my life and objectively, I mean, objectively, I say objectively, it's still in my head, right? So, but as objective as I can, I can look at my life and say, scoring this particular life at anything less than 10 out of 10 would be such an injustice and such an ungrateful act considering what's happening in other people's lives, especially when you look at current events like in Ukraine. And like, I remember the other day, I got a McDonald's, right? To deliver on a Sunday. Sunday's my cheat day. Any shit you can imagine, I, I, I ate it on, you know, on Sundays. And it was a few days after the war started and they forgot to add the barbecue sauce for my chicken nuggets, right? That's the place up. And the initial response was like, what the fuck? How, you know, such a simple task. You know, you go through the fucking thing and you put all the items. So it's only three items, you know, chips, chicken nuggets and barbecue sauce. <laughs> so so I could, it, my initial response was, but then I reminded myself very quickly and I coached myself how this pain this pain I'm experiencing here because they forgot to add fucking barbecue sauce. And I'm going to have those chicken nuggets without the sauce. And I thought about people in Ukraine and I said to myself, I coached myself, I said to myself, shut the fuck up. Have those fucking nuggets that somebody brought to you. You are in bed on a fucking Sunday watching fucking Netflix and you press the fucking button on your phone and within 10 minutes somebody brings you a fucking bag from McDonald's. How dare do you fucking complain about the fact that they didn't put the fucking barbecue sauce in? So... You ask me about uh, whether I'm getting coaching these days. Unfortunately, I do, but very infrequently because my coach is in Arizona, as I said, and he only does face-to-face. But I often coach myself <laughs> because, because you know, like, I'm always there when something happens. So, so I, you know, I'm, I'm, I became quite good at coaching myself, and this was just an example of when I had to coach myself, and that you're gonna, you don't expect yourself to be perfect, right? Oh, absolutely, so you... absolutely. And this is, and this is, this is, this is, is you know what you just said there. It's actually one of the keys to a happy life, because if you expect yourself to be perfect, if you expect your life to be perfect, right there you are destined to fail in accomplishing that goal, because nobody can always be happy, nobody can always have everything in the life happening exactly the way they want things to happen, right? So that's a straight fucking road towards misery if that's your expectation, right? So how do you avoid that? By never creating that expectation in the first place, which is what I did. And like I said to you before, I'm just as happy talking to you about the things I'm, I'm, I'm shit at as I am talking to you about things I'm good at. But I'm not gonna shy away or pretend that I'm not good at things that I know I'm good at. Right? Like I haven't been raised in this country and I, I haven't been brought up, told, listen, just keep your head down and just be modest and all of that. Like, I, you know, I'm from a different 
part of the world. You're doing yeah. a great thing. My next question is, if someone's listening and they say, okay, well, this sounds great, and I think I've got the, you know, what's what's required to do this in that, you know, I get on with people, I think I have some good ideas, I'm getting my own life on track, and they think, right, I want to become a life coach. They go into the, into the Google that we were talking about before, and the first thing they see is a ton of people wanting to take their money. I'm not talking about life coaches, I'm talking mm-hmm. about people teaching you to become a life coach sure. so there's a it's a it's an un, pretty much unregulated business right there's it's some completely gu- there's, unregulated there's to some be, to body be which i gather you don't like very much you can tell me if you no. want a minute but there's, there's tons and tons of websites yeah. where you can pay several thousand pounds and they'll teach you to become a life coach do you need to be taught to become a life coach or can you just have the qualities you talked about and go and do it tomorrow okay so the top one percent of coaches on the planet myself included so Obviously. i'm talking about personal coaches not business coaches I'm talking about, we're talking about personal coaching life coaching right so the top one percent of so not just me and like some my coach in the u.s and and the whole top one percent none of us have any coaching qualifications so that's your first hint as far as whether you need it or not right before putting those credit card details in think uh yeah and and in fact i would say that you know the the the, the more certificates that you see the coach having on the website, the more broke they are. Yeah, because they bought they the, bought the there's certificate. A, there's a tendency. So now there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing a coaching certification, right? However, you absolutely don't need it because, to your point, I'm actually quite impressed how educated you are on the subject. So, I've, I've, I've done my best. <laughs> so damn, how does he know that? Yeah, it's it's completely unregulated, which means that you and I can start a coaching school tomorrow and charge coaches to do the coaching certification with us and we can issue certificates right that's that's how un- unregulated this is which means that that certificate holds no fucking value right it's not like you get a certificate from a medical school like i, I prefer the surgeon operating on me to have a fucking cert- like like yeah, yeah, call me crazy yeah, maybe. Ca- call me over cautious yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or lawyer representing me to actually have a law degree right but when it comes to coaches yeah the, the best one which is you know, you either have it. It's like Rich is a little bit like with with top singers. You're like, oh, before I buy the album of the singer that I like the voice of, let me see if they got a degree from music school. I don't, you know, I'm not a man. I don't want to be. You know, I don't want to find myself a situation of listening to an album by an untrained singer. Of yeah. untrained singer, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you don't hear. I think. I think. I think Adele has gone to some music. School, but like, I don't think Ed Sheeran, for example. It's like you either have it. Or you don't have it. And when it comes to, and there's plenty of them, as you said, when it comes to coaches who coach other people how to make money from coaching, yeah, it's, it's a, there's a big industry there. Here's the thing. None of those coaches woke up one day thinking, like I did 10 years ago, this is what I want to do. This is. They fell into it because they realized how difficult it is to build a coaching practice. And they thought, hmm. Which would be the easiest market to sell to? Well, other coaches. Why? First of all, they understand coaching. So I don't need to educate them. We don't need to educate them on the importance of coaching. Two, they're desperate because they 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 broke. They're struggling to get clients, you know. So there's a whole industry. So I don't blame those guys, those people for for, for starting those schools and, and running the, selling those courses and all of that. Because, you know, there's nothing illegal about it. There's nothing immoral about it even. It's, you know, I, the... The, the, the only people I don't understand are the people who are buying into it, right? Because why would you want to take advice from someone who hasn't proven that they can do it themselves? So when you made the decision 
to to become the best in the business was were you just looking at ways to learn on the job you didn't pay anyone any money or do any no i did i did a business coaching course that i paid for with the money i didn't have i did it anyway that's why when people sometimes tell me oh i really want to work with you michael like i really want to work with you thank you so much for your time this was great but i don't have the money i know it's never about the money really right because people and you know this we always get the money for the things that we really want to do. So I know it's never about the money, or almost never about the money, right? And I'm a great example of someone who spent, it was 6K. I didn't have 6K at the time. I didn't have, the guy asked me for a, um, a 1,200 pound deposit. And I said, I don't have it. He said, okay, Michael, that's fine. Can, can we do 600? And then we, I, I didn't have it. I didn't have 600 pound to my name at the time. And I just committed to doing a course that costed, uh, that uh, the course that cost uh, 6k right but that you know it was spread in installments and all of that so i knew what i wanted and i was prepared to do whatever it took and i felt that at the time that particular business course would be very useful and i was right actually the book i gave you came on the back of me doing that course because part of the course was for us uh, not just coaches entrepreneurs in general to to write books as uh, small books approachable books that we then use as an extension of, of a business card, you know? So I'm very glad I did that. In terms of coaching certifications, I haven't done any. I did consider it. I remember I went to this weekend uh, run by the biggest coaching school in the UK. I went there with an open mind. I had a sense that it's not something that I need, a certificate. And I left after two days knowing that I certainly don't need the certificate. And one of the reasons was the, the, the people who were presenting over that free weekend, at the end of that weekend, they were sending like the diploma courses and all that. I didn't like those people. They didn't inspire me. They, they looked boring. They looked very corporate. And, and I certainly didn't want to be like them. So why the fuck would I be paying them money to teach me how to become a coach and how to coach, right? So I just, just went straight into it. And I started, like I said, charging 20 pounds per session because uh, I didn't feel like I was worth more than that at the time, not as a human being. Uh, maybe I was for 25 as a human being. <laughs> I, I didn't feel like I was worth more than that. And I never wanted to, and to this day, I don't want to overcharge anybody, right? Like I would have a problem with that. I've always been charging in proportion to the value I believed I could add to someone's life at the time. And, and sure enough, as my level of experience would go up, the value I felt I could add would go up as well, right? And, and you know, starting at 20 pounds per session, I kept doubling and doubling and doubling and doubling and doubling and doubling my fees. And then, you know, when you start to double those bigger numbers, the, the number you end up with becomes really big. And I'm not done doubling, by the way. You're not done doubling. I'm, I'm far from being okay. done. Okay. I'm far so, from being done. So we, we don't add percent, small percentages. It's always doubling, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's always been anything between 50 and 100%, usually 100%. And so do you say to your to a long a loyal client, well, it's about time to double the fees again and they... They understand. Yeah, it's in interesting enough. I didn't do the math on this song. So like I'll make up a number, but a client I've worked with ten years ago, 2012, who was paying 50 pounds per session, reached out to me two weeks ago, asking if we could do more coaching. I said sure, except that yeah. So he's getting the money together now, but it's gonna be. I don't charge per session anymore, but like he's gonna be paying I don't know 100 times more than he did ten years ago. But he's not stupid. He's done his research. He could tell the journey I've been on over the last 10 years, right? He knows, he understands. He knows what I know, which is I'm not the same coach. I'm the same person. I have the same fucking name, 
but I'm not the same coach today that I was 10 years ago because now I have this experience of 500 people I've worked with that I didn't have 10 years ago, right? So he will get to, and anybody I work with right now and I will, I will work in the future with, will get to benefit from the experience that I've gained through working with all the people I've worked with. These people probably tell you stuff they don't tell anyone else. Is that sometimes, is it sometimes, does it sometimes get a bit uncomfortable or are you just, no, you just I, ready I, for I, well, I actually feel flattered by it. I feel flattered. I feel, I feel, I'm not sure, proud, it's not, it's not, not proud of myself, but I feel privileged is the word. Privileged. I feel privileged that they trust me enough to share. And we're talking about some very successful people sometimes with, with uh, serious public profiles. Let's put it this way, right? And not necessarily from the initial consultation or first session, even second session. It usually takes a little bit longer for them to really feel like they can trust me. I feel privileged that they trust me to the point where they would share the information with me that if I was to use, I would never do that. Uh, you would have to like shoot me, you know. Well, presumably uh, from yeah. the beginning, you there's an understanding that it, what stays, what what goes on in the consulting room stays in there, right? Yeah, but 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 still, you know, some some of those things are, are sensitive to the point where you know, and and it's not like um, when you share something with a lawyer, you know, if the lawyer was to disclose it, they would lose the license because I don't have any fucking license. Because as we established, my industry is unregulated. So it's all about trust. Yeah. Yeah. They can't, I, I, could, I could share that information and legally they couldn't do anything. Because it's like, it's like if, you, if you said something to me right now and I went to the fucking Daily Mail tomorrow and share it, you, what, would you assume? Like two people having a conversation, it's, it's informal, just like my coaching and coaching in general. But it, it's, it's, they can share those things with me because they obviously know that they can trust me and, 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 and this, this is a safe space. And if they know me really well, they know that I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I was to compromise their lives. You know, like my job is to fucking add value to their lives, not to take away from that value. But, but yes, I did hear uh, quite a lot of uh, sometimes spicy stories from uh, some very interesting people. Do they become friends after a while? Does it kind of verge over to that? Or, Absolutely. But you keep it. How do you keep it professional then? So you see, the, the 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 number one reason why I allow myself. So if you were to follow the traditional school of coaching, so there is this organization called ICF, International Coaching Federation, right? They have a whole fucking list of rules, and one of the rules is like never befriend your clients. You know, keep the distance, be professional, and all of that. I break at least five of the rules on a fucking daily basis, right? And if we're talking about becoming friends with clients, it's definitely one of the rules that I break on a regular basis because I see my clients as friends. And the number one reason why I allow myself to be as friendly as I am with my clients is that I know that even if I was to have a crazy night out with client which i don't have those nights anymore i used to and everything went you know alcohol coke you name it i don't do it anymore partially because i don't do crazy nights out period so with with anybody but even back then i knew that i could have those crazy nights out with clients because i knew that no matter what happens today if they come in tomorrow for a session if i need to put my coaching hat on and kick the fucking ass for not doing something they said they're gonna do i'm gonna do it so as long as you know as a coach that you can be super friendly here, but you still will get your job, uh, you, you still get the job done when needed, then that's fine. If you, if you have a problem with that, if you can't separate between the two, then it's better if you don't befriend your clients and just 
because between the two, your client needs you to be the coach more than they need you to be the friend because they already have friends, but you are the only coach, right? But if you can have a coach who's also your friend or a coach who you can see as a friend as well, isn't that the best of two worlds? I certainly see the guy that I saw twice when I was in Arizona. I certainly see him as as, as my coach, even though I only saw him twice, uh, and a friend, right? So I like to think that most of my clients see me as both Okay, before we get out of here, I want to go through and know quickly in no particular order what we've learned today. So if you want to be a coach, you don't need certificates. Certificates generally do not need certificates. And if you're going to see a coach, a lot of it's about managing, being able to manage your time properly. Be maybe, well, we, we defined it as more Polish and less British, but being in general terms, being able to kind of... Stand up for yourself and decide what you do. At knowing which... your value, because it's, it's, it's... That's it, knowing your value, that was the phrase. It's, it's something that Pierce Morgan said. Oh, God, sorry. Yeah, okay. Please. So there's, there's a quote that I came across a long time ago. If you don't think you are great, why the hell should anybody else? And it's a very un-British thing to like, oh my God, like... Uh, who, who can we attribute it to someone else this quote or it wasn't by him was it he was oh no that's why i've repeated that so you can use it without the, the name yeah you know, <laughs> no, 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 but, but i should tell you i have a history with him oh yeah no i'm, so, I'm, no, I'm, I'm so, not the biggest fan no, no, i just like the fucking quote yeah yeah no. yeah i just agree with the quote uh, unfortunately although he's awful uh-huh he does say some good stuff as well we just don't like to admit it's, it. It's not something I would like to be friends with, but I, I respect the ballsiness. I was, at, I was at a work dinner and I sat next to this. You know, you know when you don't know who you're going to be sat next to and you don't know how you're going to have two hours with someone. And sure. One of her opening gambits, this yeah. lady, was how she was a massive, massive fan of Piers Morgan and got a lot of her opinions from there. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, it's going to be a long dinner. <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of these. He's a bit of a character, but he's he's an example of someone. I actually was talking about it with a client earlier today. You see, one of my clients, for example, very interesting guy. He wants to be the next James Bond. So he's an actor, which helps. I told him, you know, it comes handy that you happen to be an actor, not a postman who wants to be a next James Bond, right? Yeah, because <laughs> so, I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to be. Exactly. But he you know, so feasibly could. Yeah, be, he's right? been to drama school okay, and he's yeah, very yeah. good. I saw the show real. He's a great guy. But I was talking to him earlier today, and I was saying that that's some people that I don't like but respect at the same time and I was looking for an example in my head of who that person could be and Pierce Morgan would be one of those people I don't yeah. I don't particularly like him from what I've seen but I respect him for being true to himself if you will and especially for a Brit to be as ballsy and as unfiltered as he is similarly to uh, similarly to uh, what's his name Jeremy Clarkson yes yeah I, yeah. I, I don't think me and him I, don't, I, I wouldn't want to have a fucking dinner with the guy but he speaks his mind yeah both men but, both men have decent minds it's what they do with them mm. that's occasionally questionable that's, yeah I think we'll, 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 yeah. we could say that about both of them yeah yeah they don't have that warmth that no. I because you can you can be direct like, I, you know I, I like to think that yes I'm direct but like unless I don't like you there's gonna be some warmth, warmth that you're gonna get from me at the same time and then you have a combination of two Michael, we've got to get out of here. So, sure. if people want to find out more, your your website is Michael Sower, S-E-R-W-A. Is it .com or .co.uk? MichaelSower.com. MichaelSower.com. Michael Sower, no nonsense or no bullshit. And your book that you've handed me is From Good to Amazing, No Bullshit Tips for the Life You've Always Wanted. I actually, I'm looking forward to reading that. And for anyone who prefers the audio version of books, you can get this one on all the platforms, including Spotify. Perfect. Michael, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you for having Cheers. me. Cheers. Thank you.